Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey guys, this is your friendly neighborhood Coco, here to remind you that if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so we can grow this Coco community together and add more folks to the crew. Thanks guys for listening. Welcome back to another episode of Cuckoo with Coco. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Coco Bean. <laughs> I think I'm going to add that, Coco Bean. It was funny because the, I'm going to tell you where it stemmed from, and then I'm going to tell you what episode we're on, so that if you've missed any, go back. So, hot as blazes. I used to work for this woman. That had nothing to do with the story. Uh, I used to work for this woman, Vicky Moreau, at the hair room, and she used to call me Coco Bean because I told her my name was Coco. And since I'm like a caramelly color, <laughs> Coco Bean kind of sprouted from that. But they call me Bean and all that now. So whatever you guys want to call me, I'm still Coco, whatever. Uh, so we are on episode 37. And how's everybody doing? How's everybody's week going? Is it going good? I feel like I can hear some of you guys saying good, even though I can't, because it's going to be the day, the following day that you hear this podcast and I'll have already done it and, you know, been moving on with my life, I guess. So I just want to start this off by saying there's a couple things I've noticed lately, and one of them is politically inclined, but I'm not going to spend too much time on it because that's not why I'm here. So first thing I noticed is that Kamala Harris is Joe Biden's VP pick, but also who cares? (laughs) that's as much politics as they're going to get out of me also good for her for standing by a man who gets clowned on social media all day and in the media in general never mind facebook or instagram or twitter or whatever uh they they both do i'm not here for that but they both do so they both get into stupid shit and social media though these people out here i've noticed something and there's people out here who are posting inappropriate things on Twitter. Now, when I say inappropriate stuff, I don't mean sexual things because sex is everywhere, whether or not you read about it, hear about it, see it, whatever. Twitter's very dirty. (laughs) Twitter is like the longer version of Tinder because you can't exactly swipe left or right. You have to like scroll, but you can still see filthy shit. And a lot of people on Tinder are trash bags. Um, I've noticed that some people don't really understand what Twitter is. And if you need help, just come sit a little closer as I pat the space next to me to educate you. Uh, I'm not going to go into that per se, because Twitter is just another outlet for people, whether it be political like Donald Trump or Joe Biden or anyone to prove that they're still cool and in touch with the younger generation because we're all about electronics now. Somebody had to teach these two motherfuckers how to use Twitter. Because you don't see Donald Trump posting anything on Facebook. You don't see him posting anything on Instagram, really. He's all over Twitter. He's all about Twitter. So is Joe Biden. So is all these political candidates, whatever. The younger ones, of course, are born with the like gift of electronics and technology and shit. And they're savvy and whatnot. But these people, these older generations, it's like teaching fucking Abe Lincoln how to perform, you know surgery on himself to remove the bullet because I think he got shot in the head. So it'd be like teaching Abe Lincoln how to do neurosurgery on himself. It's not going to work. Okay. You guys are just looking foolish out here. Just stick to what you know, which is face-to-face shit. Like I know you can't do it now because of everything that's going on, but like face-to-face shit, come on, just stick with that. Do Zoom shit. Let someone Zoom conference you into a state or something. 
that might work. Let someone do it for you though. Don't do it because I've seen the women I work with, like my bosses are not technologically savvy and I feel like they fuck it up every time. And it's basically the same thing every time. (laughs) Bonnie definitely does it all the time. Always asking me stuff. Today I had to bow out gracefully because I had stuff to do and she was getting on my nerves asking me how to do this, that, and the third. So I politely declined helping her by saying, I don't know how. And that's it. I'm not playing this anymore. Like you keep asking me how to do things and I don't want to help you anymore. So anyway. Okay, so me talking about Twitter has to do with certain things like why people feel the need to tweet things. Like, we don't know what's really going on with them. Like, one of my friends posted on Twitter, and this is what really got me thinking about this. One of these people, one of my friends on Twitter posted um, something about wishing he wishing he could stop keeping his feelings bottled up or some shit. And if you know who you are and you're embarrassed by this, get over yourself. You're in your 30s. But it's like, dude, you're cuffed up. Like, you have a wifey. You have a boo. Go tell her. Stop telling Twitter. Because, like, it looks like you're pandering to a crowd of single women as if you yourself are single. I hate when people do that shit. I post memes. I post shit. Nobody knows anything about my personal life on Facebook. You know why? Don't post it there. Everybody in my family knows things that are going on with me because I call them and text them. I just spoke to my mother today, actually. And we were talking about, this is what happened. So my mom, I tagged my mom in some crazy shit. Like I'll post something and I'll tag her in it. And she said that that she only sees the thing that I posted for about three seconds before she can't see it anymore. So of course she called me and she goes, she tells me that she goes, um, why can't I see anything that you post? And I said, immediately, like we, she called me, I answer, I go, hello. She goes, Hey, why can't I see the thing that you posted on Facebook? And I said to her, I didn't know I was Mark Zuckerberg. Nice to meet you. Like, hey, I don't run Facebook. I don't know why it doesn't work. Update your app, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) But she laughed for about 20 minutes. And it was good. She said she almost choked on the muffin she was eating, which was great. (laughs) Wonder if it was pistachio. Anyway, so I've come to the conclusion that people that post this shit, this kind of shit on Twitter, looking for handouts or looking for pity or empathy or whatever it is, disgusting. Okay. And I'm guessing people are comfier with being two different people. Like one version is on the internet. One version is in life, in real life, IRL, (laughs) if you're a kid, which is okay. But now I've changed your, you know, your sign, your astrological sign, and you're now a Gemini. Everyone who does two-faced shit is now Geminis. Everybody from thug shit on Twitter or Facebook thug shit. Everybody's now uh, a Gemini. That's it. I mean, I'm a Gemini, but the way that I am on the internet and the way that I am on my podcast is the way I am in real life. Because at this point, I don't care if people like me. I don't care if people agree with what I have to say. And I'm just so glad that I've gotten to this point because it's so fucking freeing. And if you're not there yet, you're not there yet. But I suggest you get there quickly so that we can all do this fantastical voyage together. Uh, So... Besides Facebook and Twitter, because that's where you notice the most like toxic shit having to do with politics or social media or COVID or this and that. What's funny is it's very rare that you see something like that on Instagram. Like I've noticed lately that, like I said, it's just funny memes. It's just funny shit. And, you know, Instagram is the most chillinest ass form of social media. And it's, again, it's all just memes and there's nothing ever serious on it. Of course, there's dirty shit on there too, but at least it's not politics or COVID shit. Like, you know, we got to pick our battles here. It's like catch 22. Is that right? Yeah. I think I fucked up Sophie's choice one time saying that in an episode. Whatever. So, um, getting into that, you know, speaking on politics and, you know, sexual assault things that have been going on and pedophilia shit that's been going on. Uh, I was witness to a conversation that happened and I'm not using anyone's real names in this situation because it doesn't fucking matter. What matters is the content of the conversation. So the main reason I'm bringing this up is because there's people that don't know how to have passionate conversation about things, but also get upset when they hear an opinion that they don't agree with. So it's like, here we go with this Gemini shit. So this was witnessed recently, and it was just insane, because it makes me wonder what happened to the person. 
that they're okay with saying these, like, who hurt you is, is the question I always think about when someone says something that I don't agree with. But I say it in my head though, because I'm, I'm okay with being enlightened to a certain extent, but when you're going to throw your shit in my face all the time, all the time, all the time, like it's okay. And it's not okay. Mm. That's when I'm like, all right, now shut the fuck up because this is getting a little too rough and I either want to maintain a friendship with you or if you want to keep going, we can never speak again and like go separate ways after the conversation's over. So the convo was between two men. Let's call them Bob and Dave. This was in regard to the Me Too movement and Harvey Weinstein slash Epstein nonsense. Again, I share this not as a way to show my side of it even though I do give my opinion, kind of, quote unquote, kind of give my opinion. This is just to show you two people who were attempting to have a conversation about something serious like sexual assault and seeing how it devolved into nothing because neither opinion went anywhere. So here we go. Bob said that the women in the Harvey Weinstein situation did not have a choice in what happened to them. Dave said they did have a choice because they didn't have to perform said sexual acts on Weinstein, but wanted to get ahead in life. Like, you know, suck a dick for a movie or suck a dick for two million or suck a dick for whatever. Just suck a dick or, you know, walk out, whatever. Whatever the case may be, I don't know specifically. I'm just saying that as it was portrayed, suck a dick for this. I was not involved in the conversation, but like I said before, I was eavesdropping and Dave was getting passionate about the topic, saying that at the end of the day, everybody has a choice. But Bob bowed out of the convo, saying that he was being that dust Dave, that Dave was being too much about the conversation. Oh, my God, that Dave was just I see my notes are all messed up and I'm putting words together. Bob bowed out of the convo, saying that Dave was being too much about the situation to which Dave walked away from the situation to calm down. So here's the thing. (laughs) This is just an example of someone who is mature enough to analyze the situation and one who just wants the conversation to just stop. Like you can't be upset with someone for being passionate about a conversation like or enlighten them in a better way. Don't just keep repeating yourself. I hate when people keep repeating themselves thinking that the conversation is going to escalate. Excellent. See what I'm saying? I can't talk. I'm so sorry. Let me tell you this. Everybody will say they don't say they know what they do in that situation. A lot of people don't. Um, I'm going to tell you right now what I would do. And we're just going to leave it at that because I'm not a victim of sexual assault. So I don't know. But my general statement here is I'm not sucking dick or kissing ass to get ahead. That's it. I would rather die first. Okay. So if you think that you're going to like try and sexually manipulate me in any way to do anything, you better just fucking kill me. Okay. That's how that goes. That may be dramatic. I don't give a shit because all these girls are getting sexually assaulted out here where there's pedophilia going on. And now they're talking about raising, like lowering the age of consent to 15. Get the fuck out of here. Trash. (laughs) Or saying that pedophilia is a sexual orientation. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Like, what's going on in this country? What's going on in other countries? I see the craziest shit all the time every day, and I'm just so tired of it. Tired of it. And then here I come with my memes, and everyone's like, boo, hiss, how dare you? Don't be funny. If you heard that, that's my broken-ass water bottle. (laughs) If you don't hear it, thank God. Um... Victims of sexual assault get accused of enjoying the moment because their body lubricated itself to accept the dick that they didn't want, which is true. And I know it sounds stupid, but that's what happens. Sometimes the body just does its natural performance, whatever, and it's blame the victim. Oh, she enjoyed it because, you know, she got, you know, excited over it and it was very easy to do whatever. Okay, it sounds really bad the way I'm saying it, but let me tell you something. I'm not a victim of that, but in no way was Harvey Weinstein attractive enough to receive a blowjob to get me in a movie. That's all I'm going to say about it. Like I said, I would rather him have killed me or something than have been put in a situation like that. And it's extreme, but I'd never want to be in a situation like that. And I think that's valid for me anyway. Like I said, you don't have to agree with this. You could even have skipped over the past 10 minutes where I talked about it. But that's the point, though. 
is you're allowed to disagree with me. In some countries, that's not allowed, dude. They would kill you if you disagreed with someone. And I'm not anyone of importance. But that's like if me and a dude got into an argument in another country, like let's say Iran or Iraq, where women weren't even allowed to have fucking opinions, really, I would be killed. I'd probably be put to death. <laughs> like we can agree to disagree, but you're not going to tell me anything about sexual assault and me just be complacent enough to like stop the convo. Like I would be like, okay, so what you're saying is, and that's how that goes. So what you're saying is, because like I said, a lot of people don't listen to understand. They listen to respond. I've said this before and I listened to understand. And then I give you my response by trying to clarify what the person just said. That's how you're supposed to have concrete conversations. That's how you're supposed to be critically thinking about shit. You're not supposed to, you know, get pissed off and, you know, not let the other person finish their sentence or not let the person get their opinion out or whatever the fuck. Anyway, (laughs) but that was just my little tirade about it because I don't like how that other person, I don't like how Bob was acting like he was being threatened by someone else's opinion. When Dave said, everybody has a choice, and Bob says they didn't have a choice, why do you say they didn't have a choice? And then what happened to you? What happened to you that made you think that? Do you feel some kind of guilt? Did something happen to you? Like, that's where I go with that. And I know that's really shitty to do to somebody, but apparently people are traumatized by something in such a way that I don't know that they're thinking about what they're saying before they say it. Like you have to say it and mean it, dude. You can't just say something and have no leg to stand on. You know what I mean? Like don't repeat over and over that. No, they didn't have a choice. No, they didn't have a choice. No, they didn't. Because that's imbecilic. If that's a word, you're being an imbecile. If it's not a word, I just made a word and put it on Urban Dictionary. Imbecilic. (laughs) Anyway, let's get into more lighter topics here. So I can fill up some more of your time. (laughs) Anyway, so actually this might not be any much of a lighter topic, but I get uncomfortable when people appear to be following me on my way home. Does anybody else feel like that? I'll pause and wait for you to respond. Not as if I can hear you, but I'm going to say it again. I feel uncomfortable when people appear to be following me on my way home. Anybody else get mad? Someone has to get mad about that or anxious. I listen to too many true crime, true crime. Oh my God. True crime podcasts for this shit. Okay. This happened to me on my way home last week. It was last Friday. I took my usual route home, which is highly populated back roads. So it's not secluded. Okay. There's plenty of traffic coming and going. A suspicious-looking SUV got behind me and drove damn near the same route toward the house. I was like, oh, no, who's this the whole way? Like, I kept checking the rearview mirror the whole way. Then the guy finally turned off one block away from the house, and I took a nice deep breath because if this guy had followed me, I didn't know what I was going to do because nobody was home. So that would have been my situation right there to either smack fire. That's why I need to carry, like, mace or something. Like, I need to start carrying protection with me. And no, not condoms. (laughs) anyway I didn't mean protection like that so prior to him having turned off I'm like all right all right remember what you've learned which is identifying marks license plate and possible description of the perpetrator and like now that I'm sitting here like why the fuck am I thinking like a CSI agent who's already done my crime scene you know like why am I already looking at my outline of my body on the floor and being like, the car was in a black SUV, license plate number, da, 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 da. yeah, right. Like, <laughs> and I needed, I really need to stop watching true crime shit, which is, you know, the point of that, maybe stop being such an FBI agent about life. <laughs> but it's scary for girls sometimes. Like that shit could happen anywhere. I'm getting to, like, grandma level of paranoia out here. But, like, seriously, this shit can happen any time of day. And I've realized that because this shit happened to me again today. Five-day difference from Friday to Wednesday. I went to go. So here's the story. Here's what happened this time. I went to go get an egg white sandwich on a roll with butter. 
and an apple juice, which is like some regular shit. And upon exiting, like I already paid for my shit and was walking out. And upon exiting, some guy walks up to me, walks up to the door. So I held it and he was like, good morning. And out of habit, because this happens all day long down the hallway in my job, because everyone greets everybody like we're in fucking Mr. Rogers land. I said, good morning back. That's all that happened, dude. I said, good. He said, good morning. I said, good morning. I held the door for him. I dipped out to my car, got in my car and drove away. Now, this guy must have ran out of that deli very fast because I'm going to tell you what happened next. No sooner did I reach the second light past the Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, it must have been the third light then. The third light past the Dunkin' Donuts. Did this guy pull up next to me and honk at the red light? So, of course, I look over and, you know, at some point I am going to have to add visual to this podcast so that you can see the faces and hand gestures I'm making while I'm talking because I'm definitely not sitting here still. I'm sure you can hear from the chair and shit when it moves. He pulled up next to me and honked to get me to look at him. So I rolled my eyes after looking at him, which I think he may have gotten the hint. But then I gave resting bitch face to the air in front of me as I looked forward to the cars in front of me. After I looked at the guy, rolled my eyes, I went back to looking straight ahead of me with resting bitch face. Like, oh, great. What a rough way to start a day. <laughs> great. So uh, as as I was pissed off that this person had the audacity at 730 in the morning to fucking try and flag me down for a date, I tried to figure out how I was going to get away from this guy with only two lanes of traffic and him being in the right lane and me being in the left. And I figured there was no way it was going to happen. And not without me almost getting into a car accident. So I just kept driving. Okay. I think he finally, like I said, I think he gave up because didn't see him again after the eye roll. Like he slowed all the way down and disappeared behind other cars. Like I could not see him again after that. But here's my thing. Just because I said good morning doesn't mean that I want you in my pants. Okay. PSA, just because I said good morning does not mean I want you in my pants. Okay? All right. I don't, I don't like you. I don't want your attention. Haven't even had any kind of caffeine in the morning. I am just trying to get my diet on and eat these egg whites and be bored with the rest of my day. Okay? Just like everybody else doing a Monday through Friday, nine to five type of job. Because you know I'm just going to sit at my desk and fuck around on the internet for the rest of the day. For real. (laughs) Like, I'm not exaggerating when I say I hate people, but this is especially why I hate people. You're making the boundaries too thin between male and female. Like, I don't know why this guy thought he could rap to me. I look like the biggest bitch in the world when I wake up and when I walk around, even in my job. Thank God for these masks in this instance, because I have the most pissed off face ever. So after that, just want to let you know also, I'm pissed off because I had my circle bottle and it's that flavored water shit and I already cracked it and I've only had it a day. It's not why it's making that sound either. Anyway, so I started, uh, started the weekend by watching Sorry to Bother You, which is available on Hulu. The main character, Cashers Green, gets a job as a telemarketer and climbs the ranks by using his quote-unquote white voice, which is a professional voice. But it's also introduced to him by Langston. And I was very surprised, but Danny Glover is in this movie. So, I was having a good time with that movie, but it fucking devolved into the craziest shit, man. Like, I was watching it, and I was like... This is basically what happens. So David Cross plays Cassius White voice, and it's hysterical when he does it because it's like it doesn't match the person, but that's the whole point. I have a real professional ass voice, especially when I'm at work. Here, not so much. Also, 
so basically he's just he's just the epitome of someone who wants to climb climb the ranks make that money and get out of debt and poverty and shit which he's known his whole life so what they call it is a power caller and it's it's a, one floor above where he is now and there's like a golden ass fucking elevator that he gets in to get there and the person in the elevator like knows everything about him it's kind of like having an alexa in an elevator if i say her name any louder than that she's gonna fucking start talking and i don't want her to talk to me <laughs> so of course there happens to be an uprising which is started by his friends and he has to prove his loyalty by siding with them but all he wants to do is make money and live a better life which is basically what happens in every situation like you become either a sellout or you lose the job that's finally getting you some money to afford the things you want in life to be honest with you, if any of my friends ever thought I was a sellout and didn't support me for trying to make my own money, psh, fuck you. That's basically what's happening. They finally promote him to power caller after he thought he was going to be fired. They called him into the office and it was immediately right after they started the rioting in the office and he thought he was going to be fired. So he starts cursing out everyone and their mother and they're like, no, no, we finally, you know, we're finally promoting you to power caller. So the number of buttons. So he finally gets to go in this elevator and it's comical because the, the number of, like, the number of buttons they have to push to get through the security so that the elevator will take off to that floor is comical to the point where Cassius is looking at this lady who's trying to get with him real bad because she said some crazy sexual shit to him. And, uh, he looks at her like, what's going on with this elevator? Is this elevator actually going to move or like what's going on? <laughs> and I was like sitting there. It was one of those things. Like if you ever watch family guy where they take a joke too far, like they exaggerate it to the point where it's almost awkward. That's what happened with the elevator. So in the background of the entire movie is something called worry free. It's a company. Uh, it kind of mimics like a slavery concept, like people working in communities for no pay, but food and shelter. And he meets the CEO of the company, Stephen Lift, and this is more towards the end of the movie. He gets, he finally gets invited to a house party that this guy's throwing. So this guy has, spoiler alert, this guy has these creatures locked up in a bathroom and they're called Equisapiens. Dude, Equisapiens. Do you know what an Equisapien is? Because I didn't up until this point. The Equisapien is half human, half horse. Okay, so... It can still, you know, walk upright like a person, but it has the face and like muscle, like m muscular built of a horse, something like that. The purpose of the Equisapien is that they'd be strong enough to increase productivity. So they have humans consenting to try this out and snort it like a line of cocaine. Now, <laughs> now that I've said all that to you, this guy, Cassius, starts partying with Steve Lift, the CEO of this company, Worry Free. And what they want is for Cassius to be, you know, the voice of reason to get people, to get more and more people to want to do this drug to become stronger and more profit and this and that. Since he's been able to do such a good job as a power caller and manipulate these people all over the phone, they think he's the right guy for it, which of course, because person of the people, he's a black guy. He's going to get stuff done. So he he does not consent to that. So he does he said he's not going to do that, but he's already snorted a line of what he believes to be cocaine. So <laughs> he starts losing his mind thinking he snorted that stuff to, and that he's going to turn into an equisapien also. He left his phone at this place and his woman or quote unquote ex for the time being, because they broke up for a day because she said he was a sellout. And he was like, oh, you didn't think I was a sellout when you were riding around in my bends with me and this and that, which is always the case. Like she, she knows who she is, but she just wants him to see that what he's doing is wrong. But you can't also, here's my thing about female characters like that. You can't reap the benefits with your rider, your man, if you're going to throw it in his face later. You're trying to make a change in a different way than he is, but he doesn't fully understand what he's doing yet. So you just have to give him a minute to get there on his own, which is basically what I've learned in life is that sometimes guys can't be pushed in the right direction. They need to just, you know, it's like a drunk baby. Most guys are like drunk babies. You gotta let them weeble wobble around, figure shit out for themselves, and then they'll fall, get hurt, get back up. And then they'll be like, you know what? That was stupid. You're right. And then that's it. 
Most ladies need to learn how to figure out how to chill with that. Or maybe I'm just the only one because I don't really give a shit that much. Who knows? But um, that's what I've learned. So in essence, this movie devolves into the craziest shit. It went from some normal shit to Equisapiens in like an hour and a half. So he finally, um, there was some kind of uprising shit and he and his boys go in and they break these animals out and all this shit. And he, uh, he tries to reveal what really happened, but it makes the company more popular. And I don't know, I have to rewatch it, but I'm not going to spoil the ending for you. But all in all, it seems to work until the end. So if you have a minute, it's on Hulu and, uh, I watched it. It was pretty good. Um, I'm going to try and give you more like movie reviews of things I've seen because I've never seen that before, but I'm trying not to rewatch shit. I'm trying to get into some newer things. I'm more into horror myself. So if anybody has any recommendations of some horror shit I could watch, let me know. I'm very much into it. I'll definitely give it a try. Uh, but I, I was watching some stuff and I, the next thing that I wanted to talk about has to do with Jodi Arias and it was another three part series on Hulu. And I was watching it the same day as I saw, was it the same day? Yeah, it was the same day as seeing, um, sorry to bother you. <laughs> I gotta tell you, fucking Jodi Arias, man. It was a three-part series on Hulu about her. And I'm gonna try and cover the basics of this without getting too much into it. And I definitely know I don't have enough content for a full hour, but we'll see what happens. You're just here with me hanging out. So, um... Oh, shit. I scrolled down too far. All right. So Jody Arias was a girl who became obsessed with a boy, kills boy, and claims self-defense. That should be, like, it for that. She was convicted of first-degree murder in 2008. No, she killed him in 2008, and she was convicted in 2013. She stabbed him 27 times and shot him in the head, claimed it was self-defense, but they couldn't prove in court that it was self-defense because he did not have a mean bone in his body so whatever the guy's name is travis alexander and we really should be saying his name more than we say hers because she's a fucking psycho and just because you can't have a man doesn't mean you need to kill him did you hear that ladies just because you can't have a man doesn't mean you could kill him (laughs) she met him in September of 2006 and converted to Mormonism in a ceremony slash baptism, November 2006. So within two months of having met him and dating him, they, she decided that she was going to convert to his faith because she wanted to marry, marry him. And she knew the only way that it was going to happen was if she was part of the church. He wanted to marry a good Mormon girl. And, uh, she wanted to be that for him. And uh, it obviously didn't work out because he dies. But um, so here's some background here. I'm looking on Wikipedia and I hate Wikipedia because it's not fucking correct ever. But this is it. So Travis Victor Alexander, born July 28th, 1977, died June 4th, 2008, was an American salesman who was murdered by his ex-girlfriend, Jody Ann Arias, born July 9th, 1980, in his house in Mesa, Arizona. Arius was convicted of first-degree murder on May 8th, 2013, and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole on April 13, 2015. At the time of the murder, Alexander sustained 27 knife wounds and a gunshot to the head. Arius testified that she killed him in self-defense, but she did not convince a jury. Murder and trial received widespread media attention in the United States. By the way... She was so conceited and self-centered and worried about herself that she kept reapplying makeup every time. Like, she always wanted to make sure, like, when they booked her initially, while I was watching this, when they initially booked her, she asked if she could have a minute to adjust her makeup before they took her mugshot. Like, dude, you're not supposed to look good in your fucking mugshot. (laughs) Like, anyway. All right. Mm, let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay, so he lived with Travis Alexander, lived with uh, their paternal, his paternal grandmother. So, and then he became a salesman and motivational speaker for prepaid legal services. So, on her, Jody Arias was born July 9th in 1980 to William and Sandra, blah, blah, blah. Her father is of Mexican. Who cares about that? 
Arius, let's see, Arius and Alexander met in September 2006 at a PPL conference in Las Vegas, Nevada. Arius converted to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, of which Alexander was a member and was baptized by him on November 26, 2006, in a ceremony in Southern California. Bitch! Are you crazy? <laughs> you can't, you know, here's my thing, okay? There's, there's, you know, converting for love and converting for obsession, and that's two different things. There was no conversation, I'm sure, had in which she told him she was going to convert, and he said, okay. Because he was her sponsor, whatever, so he probably minimally gave her the okay. I don't believe that this guy had any intention on marrying her because they had a very sexual relationship. Like, it wasn't one that was probably going to go beyond sex, which was true because at the time of his murder, he was already, quote-unquote, hanging out with another female. So, Alexander and Arius dated intermittently for a year and a half, often in a long-distance relationship because she lived in California and he lived... Uh, Alexander and Arius began dating in February 07. So they weren't even dating yet. Arius moved to Mesa to live close to Alexander. In April 2008, she moved to Eureka, California and lived there with her grandparents. It's spelled Y-R-E-K-A. And if you know anything about me, you know I don't know how to pronounce weird shit. Alexander and Arias dated intermittently for a year and a half, taking turns traveling between their respective Arizona and California homes. Alexander's friends who knew Arias and observed them together tended to have a negative opinion of her, stating that their relationship was unusually tumultuous and that Arias' behavior was worrying. Hey, dude, tumultuous. I've used that word this week twice. Feeling good about myself. <laughs> Alexander was murdered on Wednesday, June 4th, 2008. He sustained 27 to 29 stab wounds, a slit throat, and a gunshot wound to that dude. She slit his throat also. How mad do you have to be at somebody that you're going to slit his throat? Do you know how much strength that has to take? Medical examiner Kevin Horn testified that Alexander's jugular vein, common carotid artery, and trachea had been slashed, and that Alexander had defensive wounds on his hands. Horn further testified that Alexander may have been dead at the time the gunshot wound was inflicted and that the back wounds were shallow. Alexander's death was ruled a homicide. He was buried. Okay, who cares where he's verified? Verified, excuse me, buried. <laughs> Let's see. So basically, he had a trip coming up. So this is what they're saying in, in this part of the article. In early 2008, Alexander told people that Arius would join him for a work-related trip to Cancun, Mexico, scheduled for June 15th. In April, Alexander asked to change his travel companion to another female friend, which she was aware of because there's an email that she sent to him claiming the other woman's name and that she was going instead of her and making it very known that she was upset about this. On May 28th, a burglary a burglary occurred at the residence of Arius' grandparents with whom Arius was living. Among the missing objects was a 25 caliber automatic Colt pistol, which was never recovered. This letter, this later became significant as a shell case from a spent 25 caliber round was found near Alexander's body at the emergency. Dude, she stole the gun. <laughs> she stole the gun from her grandparents. Okay? So... So regardless of her traveling in between that, which is a whole thing I'm going to skip right now because I don't really care enough, the next part of it is basically the discovery of his body in his house. So he missed an important conference call on the evening of June 4th. The following day, Arius met up with Burns. Who? Who? Oh, a PPL coworker. His name's Ryan Burns. She met him in Salt Lake City. A suburb west of a suburb of West Jordan, Utah, and attended business meetings for the conference. Burns later said he noticed Arius' formerly blonde hair was now dark brown, and she had cuts on her hands. On June sixth, she left Salt Lake City and drove westward towards California. She called Alexander several times and left several voice messages for him, obviously covering her tracks. She also assessed his cell phone voicemail system. Accessed what the fuck? He she accessed his cell phone voicemail system. Dude, what? When Arius returned the car on June 7th, it had been driven about 2,800 miles. The rental clerk testified that the car was missing its floor mats and had red stains on its front and rear seats. It could not be verified that the car had floor mats when Arius picked it up, and any stains could not be verified since the car was cleaned before police could examine it. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> anyway, so they go into... His friends start to check up on him because 
on June 9th. So roommates hadn't seen him and they thought he was already out of town and they didn't think it was a big deal. Dude, if there's a rotting body in the other room, you're going to smell it. Okay. So either how high or how drunk were you over the few days that this guy never turned up? Okay. After finding Akita Alexander's master bedroom because locked because he had roommates, his friends entered and found large pools of blood in the hallway to the master bathroom where his body was discovered in the shower. The dispatcher asked if Alexander had been suicidal or if anyone was angry enough to hurt him. Alexander's friends specifically mentioned Arius as a possible suspect, stating that Alexander had said she was stalking him, accessing his Facebook account, and slashing his car tires. So, having all that having been said, can I just tell you that this fucking idiot called the cops? She called the cops, like she got in touch with them and said that she just wanted to help because she knew him. If you got away with it for the moment, why would you call the police? Why would you call the police and involve yourself in something? And I don't know what they call that, but it's very commonly known that when a perpetrator, a perpetrator wants to feel involved in the actual solving of the crime. But to me, that's stupid because it's you that did it. So if they come to the conclusion that you did it, then they're going to look at you and be like, why were you trying to help us solve this case? And then that's it. Like, what an idiot. Oh my God. So she also, there was, there was a, oh my God. There was a camera that was found while they were going through the apartment, through the house, I should say. And it was a digital camera and it was found in the washing machine probably wet because she probably ran it. Police were able to recover deleted images showing Arius and Alexander in sexually suggestive poses taken at approximately 1.40 p.m. on June 4th. The final photograph of Alexander alive showing him in the shower was taken at 5.29 that day. Photos taken moments later show an individual believed to be Alexander profusely bleeding on the bathroom floor. Bloody palm print was discovered along the wall in the bathroom hallway. It contained DNA from both Arius and Alexander. What a fucking idiot. She also then said, after, she, after you know, all of this stuff came out, she also said that, you know, two people broke into the house and killed him and let her go. Hey, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. You don't get let go because they took the dude out, okay? Use some common sense here. Anyway. Oh, no, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Was that wet? Did I just put my arm in water? Or it's just cold? Anyway, so... This whole thing was stupid from the beginning because she did it. They knew she did it. They had all the evidence. And the only thing that they could really, her defense could do was try and prove that it wasn't premeditated. There was way too much information that exposed their relationship. They played a lot of vulgar recordings because she recorded their phone sex conversations. There was a lot of nonsense that did not need to come out. She accused him of being a pedophile. It was a whole big thing. She said he, she said there was without a doubt, he liked boys. He liked little boys, whatever. And that she had witnessed him looking at, you know, underage porn sites and shit. And I'm like, dude, how could you like, how could you blame the victim in this situation? She was trying to say that he beat her up and that she he bent, like he kicked her so hard, like she was trying to cover her body. So her hand was in front of her and that he kicked her so hard that he kicked her finger and broke it and that she was not able to bend her ring finger on her left hand straight to be with the rest of the fingers. So then, of course, the, the date of that incident of her being kicked almost to death or beat up, whatever was supposedly before a picture of her was taken with someone else. So they pulled the picture up. This guy was getting so sick of her shit. I forgot what his name was that was on the prosecution. I can't. But he he was getting so pissed off at her. Oh, Martinez. Let me see if I can find his fucking name in here. Martinez, Martinez. Oh, Martinez was the cop, I think. Hold on. I don't know where it is. But anyway, so he, he, the prosecution was, the prosecution posted a picture up of her with her sister 
months after, like a month or so after the incident occurred where she'd been kicked and her finger was broken. And he was like, if you look in the picture, her left hand is like over her sister, like, you know, one of those things where you put your arm around somebody and you can see her finger is super straight. So it's like, how's it possible you're going to lie when we can all see your finger is straight? Like she was, she really thought she was going to get away with it. Like she really thought that people were going to be charmed by her bullshit and that she was going to be okay. So of course she gets life in prison. Like, like she's doing life and she tried to, um, I guess get her, um, get an appeal or something recently. And I, I had to look that up too, because this was updated August 7th, 2020. So this is crazy. So I looked up this following article because I, I wanted to see what happened to her. So over here, right here, let me see. Jodi Arias' case has captivated the public law since her conviction for first-degree murder and 2008 death of her ex-boyfriend, Travis Alexander. She's been covered in countless TV specials, blah, blah, blah. Arias, after seven years, Arias is still in prison where she's serving life. Okay, so she didn't really want to serve life. She said that she would rather be put to death. And what's funny was the first jury could not unanimously decide on the death penalty, so they had a mistrial and they had to do this whole shit all over again. And I swear, I would have probably died if I was a family member of his during that time period because why would I want to suffer through something like that again? That shit was nuts. So let's see. I'm trying to find trying to find where this is current here. And I'm tired of seeing pictures of her and him together too. Let's see. Over the years, Arias hasn't been shy about communicating with the press from prison. The New York Daily News covered a January 10th, 2016 phone call Arias shared with rapper Kareem Lefty Williams, who made a bizarre music video defending the convicted murderer. Dude, he can also sit down. I don't even know who that is. (laughs) During the call, Arias shared details about her life in Perryville with Williams. It's all good if this is what it is like to be hated and keep hating, she shared of her mindset. I've had so much love coming in my direction. I can't even respond to it now. Who is sending this psycho love? Who? Who is saying, oh, it's okay, baby. You didn't mean to do it. You didn't mean to do it. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Okay. She was saving all this information. The recordings came from her. The 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 email came from her. It was premeditated. Okay. She did not like the fact that he was moving on to someone else who they even, you know, cross-examined also and she said no we were just gonna be friends and this and that like dude he was just gonna be friends with her ow that popcorn in my teeth still she said nothing let's see on the weekends they give us a hot dinner on the weekdays it's like sandwiches she said according to the same new york daily news report nothing is very good i guess you can compare it to hospital food because it's not bad it's just not great dude who cares (laughs) I wanted to see. She didn't even go to her dad's funeral. Jesus Christ. It says people reported in September 2017 that Arias had been considering requesting a supervised leave from prison to attend the funeral of her father, William Arias. But it appears she never put in the request. You see how fucking crazy that is? Your dad died and you don't put in the request to be to have supervised leave? In October 2019, Arias lawyers attempted to appeal her conviction, alleging that prosecutor Juan Martinez improperly questioned witnesses, ignored evidence, courted the press, and made unfounded accusations. The state denied the allegations of prosecutorial misconduct, noting that the evidence of guilt was very strong in Arias' case. However, Martinez was disbarred in July 2020, and Arias representative Karen Clark told Fox 10 Phoenix that she can guarantee that would be an issue that would be raised by a competent criminal a- appellate lawyer in the future. Ultimately, Arias is still serving life without the possibility of parole. What she's doing in 2020 is not unlike what she was in 2019 or what she will do in 2021. She's in prison and as it stands right now, she's never getting out. Good. Keep that fucking bitch in there. You don't go around killing men and then trying to think you're going to get out of it. I want to know why this guy been disbarred. Although, Also, I just clicked on the link to find out. Let's see. Consented to disbarment. And this was when? July 17th? Holy shit. I acknowledge the charges have been made against me. I've read the charges. I've denied the charges and continue to do so. Nevertheless, I no longer desire to defend the charges, but wish to consent to disbarment. My consent is not an admission. What happened? Let's see. I'm just looking. I'm scrolling, peeps. I want to give you good information here. Let's see. 
In recent years, Martinez has been the target of a number of misconduct accusations. In July 2019, Fox 10 reported that Martinez is due to face a disciplinary hearing as a result of an ethics complaint that was filed in March of that year. The complaint accused Martinez of leaking information to a blogger he was having an affair with, communicating with a dismissed juror, and sexually harassing several females. Oh my god, dude, why? What a fucking follow-up. In the allegations, several co-workers apparently compiled a JM list of Martinez's sexually predatory conduct. An investigation by the Maricopa County Attorney's Office found that clerks would hide from Martinez in the bathroom and that he often made inappropriate comments, including telling one woman he could guess the color of her underwear and telling another that he wanted to climb her like a statue. Dude! Dude! I was so rooting for you, man. Ah, you hurt my chest. My chest hurts. (laughs) <laughs> in september that same year fox 10 reported that a law firm that represented Arias at the time filed ethics complaints against martinez in addition to then serving maricopa county attorney bill montgomery complaints filed in september 19th against martinez stem from a book on the Arias trial that he wrote the book titled conviction the untold story of putting jody Arias behind bars was published in 26 2016 and martinez is accused of going out of going on a speaking circuit, making money and gaining fame off his role as the case's prosecutor while the case is still pending. Fucking bitch. Dude. <laughs> Guy, I was so behind you. I was so thrilled that you were putting this bitch behind bars and this is what you go and do? See, this is what I'm talking about. You stand up for people and you're like, yeah, he took that bitch out and da-da-da. And now I'm fucking this guy. This guy. <laughs> oh my God, dude. I can't even believe it. Like, I I really am so stunned right now. I just don't even know what to say. In publishing his book, Martinez created a conflict of interest between his own financial interests and his duty as a prosecutor to seek justice. You're not supposed to put out a book until you've, like, retired or some shit. That's where they can't go after you. You know what I'm saying? Marsha Clark afterwards was done with doing OJ shit. She was done. She's like an executive producer of mad other TV shows and probably like a legal analyst or, you know, legal advisor to mad shows. She's not doing any court appearances anytime soon. Like, take yourself out of the game first before you do some crazy shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. According to a February 2016 report by Fox 10, Martinez detailed how he went after Arias for the murder of her ex-boyfriend Travis Alexander and revealed his personal thoughts about the killer in the book. Arias always struck me as the bad waitress type. She would probably be looking down at customers, smiling at them with a fake happy look and giving them bad service. In a bad waitress type, they bring the food cold, but it isn't their fault, but the coffee isn't right, but she didn't make it. That's sort of how I saw her. Dude, you can't do this. oh shit man (laughs) he was placed on paid administrative leave in february 2020 in march 2020 it was announced that martinez was fired from the maricopa county attorney's dude In a document obtained by Fox 10 that is related to the dismissal, county officials wrote that Martinez's conduct has created an environment at the county attorney's office that is now impossible to manage effectively. Ah! <laughs> like That's like when you hit a tennis, tennis ball. That's what just happened here. For example, we must work to keep you away from those you victimized. This fact makes it difficult to assign you to bureaus and even your physical location within the building presents challenges. Even if we could isolate you from your victims based on job assignments and work location, it is not possible to prevent contact with your victims. (sighs) I can't. How do you just, you know, like eat... Like I said, this is another example of you standing behind someone and supporting everything they do, and they make you look like a fucking fool. Like, rooting so hard for Martinez, especially because he put that bitch in jail, and now she might get out because of some dumb shit he decided to do during his 32 years of being a prosecutor. Like, sir, you can't make it worse. You can't make this shit up in life. Can't make this shit up. I was learning about that while you were hearing it, okay? If you don't know about this Jodi Arias shit, you should look it up. It's really fascinating stuff. The girl, she's now older, but, like, she's been in jail for, like, how long now? Five years? 
No, no, no. They said seven. <laughs> seven years. Anyway, I can't. I just really, it's mind boggling to me how, the, you know, I just like, see, I have no words. I have no words. I was so behind this guy. I was screaming and hooting and hollering in bed like, yeah, get her, get her. Like, like I was watching a sporting event and that's it. But, um, also watched, <laughs> speaking of other things I watched, if you have a moment, watch that. It's a three part series of Jody Arias on, uh, Hulu. It's kind of on demand, whatever. I also watched, uh, I started rewatching some old shit after I said I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> so I started watching Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World last night. I finished it. So watched from start to finish again. And I just got to say, Jeff Goldblum is a national treasure. He is my favorite, my favorite thing in this life. <laughs> I got to put these links in my, in my notes so that when I get my website up and running, which I haven't done yet, <laughs> It will uh, make more sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I can't believe this guy. I can't believe it. But anyway, national treasure, Jeff Goldblum. His level of sarcasm is what I aspire to achieve. And, you know, hopefully I get there with each episode of this podcast. I really, sorry, I really just can't get over this Martinez thing. Oh, God. Also, this next one that comes out, Dominion or whatever, needs to be the last one because I don't know how they even branched off of the last three. But I don't I don't think we need any more than six Jurassic Parks because what are they going to do? Like they had them. OK, so here's the, here's how I'm thinking about it. So they had Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum and the rest of the ensemble. But those are the three big names of the time. They had them. Oh, Samuel L. Jackson was in it, and that guy that played Newman on Seinfeld. So those those people were in it, and they were like, you know, mid forties probably. Now they went down. The next three movies is with Chris Pratt, so they went down to thirties. What are they going to do now? Go twenties, and then what? Teens, like they did with fucking Spider Man. Come on now. So, um, I'm sorry, I'm just copying all of these links so I can put them in my notes here. But like I said before, like they need to just stop with all of these. Um, stop with all these uh, Jurassic Park movies. <laughs> so that's my bit on that. And I just saved all those links. So now I can close this. All right, back to what I was saying. So after that, I, I just have one more reboot comment and you know, it's, it's fine if you want to make money and stuff, but it's also not fine at the same time because all these reboots are happening. It's taking the magic away from the original one and it's just making us older people want to watch the old shit. Like they're redoing Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and they're not calling it Fresh Prince of Bel-Air anymore. They're calling it Bel-Air. And of course they're introducing a lot of old, uh, they're introducing politics into it. And I'm telling you, I don't like, I don't like politics that much. I really just can't get into it. Um, <laughs> it's, if you're going to reboot this, like use his son and stay away from politics. And like, I hate TV shows that push an agenda at me. Like Will and Grace from 1998 was good because it was it helped people to come out of the closet and help people be okay with their image and everything. And it just helped everybody be okay with who they were, whether they were gay, straight, bi, whatever. This time around when they rebooted it and they did like an additional three seasons, they did like during the election, they did too much with politics, I felt, and it didn't make me uncomfortable. It was just unbearable to continue to watch because it's like, okay, shut up. Just do what you were doing in 1998. Why does it have to be a political thing? Aren't you guys more supposed to be focused on the LGBTQIA community? Oh, yeah, I'm down with all those letters, LGBTQIA. But like, it, it stopped once the once Trump won. They gave up on that. And uh, I think like... I just, I, I just, I'm so tired of politics, um, and I'm tired of hearing about it and seeing about it everywhere. And I really wish we would get back on board with some funnier shit, which is why my pages are usually more comically based. I don't really like to talk about anything serious. So the fact that most of this episode was serious, uh, <laughs> um, I, I just, it kind of gave me a stomachache. Like now I have a stomachache. <laughs> um, but that's it. 
I think that's going to be how I round out this episode. Um, no more politics anymore, please. And I'm just tired with it. Uh, so I'm going to end this with some stupid little punny jokes to make some of you guys laugh and to make myself laugh. So, um, let's see. Okay. Um, let's cut, let's pick some, let's pick some. All right. Here's, here's some silly shit for you guys. They're puns. So they're like one sentence. So this is a page of like 105 of them. I'm only going to do like maybe four or five. So here's the first one. About a month before he died, my uncle had his back covered in lard. After that, he went downhill fast. All right. (laughs) Did you hear about the guy whose whole left side was cut off? He's all right now. (laughs) I hate this. A man just assaulted me with milk, cream, and butter. How dare he? (laughs) Did you hear about these new reversible jackets? I'm excited to see how they turn out. I'm done. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm a big fan of whiteboards. I find them quite remarkable. All right, I'm done. (laughs) This is is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. I don't know what happened here, but I think I had to just do some lighthearted stuff because we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about murder. We talked about sexual assault. And then I threw in Prince of Bel-Air, Jurassic Park, and people following me from a deli. (laughs) But um, hope you enjoyed those silly little jokes at the end. I love you guys. And thank you for listening to 37 weeks of this. Love you guys. Hope you have a great rest of your day. And I hope anytime you're listening to this, you're keeping it cuckoo.